Theme song, theme song. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey. We're back. <laughs> a thousand eyes and one brings you wine, wine on an empty stomach. stomach. We missed hey, you. We did miss you. It's been a while. It's been a while. To find previous episodes, go to thousandeyespodcast.com. You can also find us on YouTube, A Thousand Eyes and One Podcast. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter as Thousand Eyes One. Facebook and Instagram, A Thousand Eyes and One. If you're interested in our speculative fiction book club, that is Wine on an Empty Stomach on Instagram. Today we're talking about Dawn from the Lilith's, Lilith's Brood also, uh, trilogy, also known as Xenogenesis. Uh, you know, I meant to look up why they rebranded it and I don't, and I forgot. Like, why maybe, did they stop calling it that? Did maybe nobody feel- knew what Xenogenesis meant. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like Lilith's Brood is an oversimplification, but also very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you Shout out to our new hair. <laughs> My own <Sorry>. Kali hair. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's get into Dawn. <sighs> so Octavia Butler, master of sci-fi. Um, Dawn is a story... That take well, I guess like to give a very like brief overview. Imagine a world in which the humans succeeded in almost destroying the race and the world. Basically, they destroyed Earth. And the Onkali came through, they rescued whoever was left, because we find out that they're just like irresistibly attracted to the shit show that is humanity. Um, <laughs> and you know, they're saving they save the earth and now they want to put people back eventually to help repopulate it. And yeah, they have one star player in in uh in mind, and her name is Lilith Iapo. Lilith Iapo, so she's twenty six years old. She wakes up in this empty room, naked, again, and no, again, and still has no idea what's going on. We know that her yeah. the people who captured her, um ask regularly ask her questions when they wake her up and she either doesn't answer or she lies and she learns very quickly that they're extremely stubborn and patient patient <laughs> so very I think patient. the most then one of the coolest things about this book is like the are the opening sentences it's like alive again and still you know she's just like <laughs> yeah. wait a second i've done this i've done this before and we find out that you know that she's been abducted by aliens um and she's not the only one but she's one of the few English speakers who never asks or believes that she could possibly have been abducted. And this is not the first time that she's been awake. She's been no. awakened on several occasions. Sometimes with new scars. Yes, that's actually really important. She wakes up with a mm-hmm. scar on her abdomen and, of course, doesn't know why. At one point, we meet a little boy named Sherrod. She wakes up to him in her room. I found that to be a little bit cruel to give her Sherrod and then to take him away the way they did. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they really let her bond with him Mm -hmm. and start to really care for him. And I think what you have to understand is that she wakes up every time in isolation. 
Yes. So every time she wakes up, she's completely alone. And then one of the times when she wakes up, there's this little boy there. And they're terrified of each other because they both don't know what's going on. And uh, they quickly, you know, find their yearning for human connection to overpower any fear that they have. And they mm -hmm. take to each other and start to teach each other their languages and uh, how to communicate. And then one day she wakes up and he's gone. She, he's gone. And yeah, I thought that was actually really sad because you've, she's been alone for so long and to finally see another human and then for it to be a child, because you have to go through the feelings of loneliness, but also worry. You're mm -hmm. wondering what happened to this little kid. Lot, loneliness and loss. And then, you know, having it open, re reopen old wounds because she'd mm -hmm. already lost a child and a yeah. husband. Yeah. In a car accident. Man. In a car accident. So on one of the awakenings, we finally meet the captor, an Owen Kali, as they call themselves, named Jediah. Well, his name's Jediah. a lot longer than that, but it's shortened to Jediah. Um, they're oh, I wrote down their whole, well, I wrote down her whole name. Okay. Hold on. Let me see if my iPad will turn another page where they have the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Do call tending Jediah Lilith Ika Kaika Ajdinso. Yeah, that's a lot of name. It's almost very German in the way how it's specific it is, but mm. that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, denote every single part of part of what it is that she is. Uh, like family indicators, uh, tribe, and well, I guess we didn't call them tribes, but like the different groups that of Oankali that there are, um, and what her role is. Mm-hmm. As an adopted yes. person, adopted mm -hmm. child in a way. An adopted child. She's the Ika. <laughs> so Jedi is hideous, right? He's hideous. Covered he with tentacles. Covered with, oh, I get chills just thinking. Gray and covered with deep. tentacles. And she likened but humanoid. him to the humanoid. Because yes, when she because first sees him, arms. yeah, when she first sees him, she thinks there's a man in the room or something, mm -hmm. somebody sounding androgynous. Uh, she says the voice sounds androgynous. And so she thinks there's another human in the room. And it's almost as if her brain won't let her believe that what she's seeing is not a human when he's still kind of in the shadows. Like it's clearly not. She Well, mm -hmm. first, what does she say? She thinks it's a human with locks, right? Yeah. And then she starts to see that it's tentacles, but it's not like her brain is just like, nope, not doing this. Not registering. And, yeah. think, and I think that they counted on that, too. I think that they're very smart in sending him in the room because your your brain tends to group things, right, and try to make sense right. of it. Like, okay, this is kind of familiar. I'm going to make this shape. It's like you see stuff in the clouds, right? I'm going to mm -hmm. make this shape something that I'm comfortable with. And mm -hmm. then <laughs> she gets she begins to actually see him. Um, she likened him to, like, this kind of sea slug, which I... I will admit I was too shook to Google. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to do it either. I was like, I really want to know what it looks like, but you know what? No, I'll pass. I'm just not a fan of tentacles. Yeah. And boy, yeah. do we get tentacles in this story. Mm -hmm. What else do we learn about Lilith? That she, that we find out the scar in her abdomen. Mm -hmm. She had cancer. Was it ovarian, I think? I can't remember which kind of cancer it was, but it's some. I, it may have been ovarian. I don't think they said specifically one, but it was one that all the women in her family had also mm -hmm. uh, succumbed to. Um, and we also we find out that about the Onkali is that, you know, their driving force, their mission in life is genetic exchange. 
-hmm. that's what's propelling them. They want to, they want to reproduce. They want new information to kind of like improve and and to go out and uh, put themselves in the world. So when they discovered her cancer, not only that she had cancer, but that she had a talent for cancer, Mm -hmm. um, they were fascinated with it because cancer cells, what did they do? They reproduce, they can make, you know, that they generate and make new things. And uh, that's a skill, quote unquote, skill that they had encountered before. They think it's beautiful. So for them, it's very useful. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, they changed her genes to uh, to prevent her from getting cancer again. And the explanation for the war on Earth that kind of ended everything is that humans have a flaw and that that flaw is intelligence combined with hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the Uloi don't have any kind of hierarchy. Although it often feels, we'll meet him later, but it often feels yeah. like Kagayat's in charge. <laughs> yeah, it does always seem like the Uloi is the one who's running the show. But uh, yeah, they, they don't have that. They're like, you know, we taught, we find out later that when they're making important decisions that there has to be a consensus. One person doesn't just get to decide. They, they have to de- decide as a, like, as a species whether or not something is allowed to happen. Um, and humans don't do that. <laughs> No, we do not. No, we do not. What would you do if you woke up <laughs> in a room? Scream a lot. <laughs> but Scream naked. <laughs> well, I mean, the second time that when she woke up that time, she, you know, she found that they had clothes for her and she was super relieved. But then I think I would have been freaked out by the fact that it was like, they said it was like a Velcro-ish material, but not Velcro. Like basically she put it on, it sealed itself to fit her. I would be like, oh shit, that's cool, but what is this? And also, there's no seam. There are no seams in the walls. Mm-mm. She tries to find ways out, and then yeah, you know, the, that's kind of freaky. Yeah, you know, it's just like she's in a room, but up. it's not like. Can you really call it a room? She's just in a, in an enclosed space with right. no walls, no visible, no no visible seams, no doors, no lights, no ventilation, and she's until Jediah comes in. She's just hearing voices from above that will either speak to her or not speak to her. And then she, but and that's what we cut, well, learned to attribute to them is that when they don't want to answer a question, they just don't. They just don't. And they're they're not ready to patient. answer. They just don't. And they're just like whatever. No. So she learns to long... take hard silence as a no. Like this is beyond the awkward eight, right? Yeah, and we also Jediah sits there for so long until she finally gets the courage to touch him. Mm-hmm. Because she wants they Jediah wants her to get comfortable enough so that she doesn't run outside and start screaming and trying to kill them, <laughs> which yeah. is exactly what I think would happen if I woke up and was in an enclosure with a tentacle monster. I think I would throw up and faint. Yeah. Because like, I think that there would be no way of convincing me that it wasn't probably some kind of sp- <laughs> the yeah. S word type being. Um, and by that, we mean the eight legged S word. Um, and <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I would freak out. I'd probably just like, you know, evacuate all bodily fluids simultaneously and then probably fall in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, AK, and hey, Jake. Thanks for joining Hola. us. Um, all right, so moving on. She's been eating this disgusting paste, right? And it well, has... it's not really disgusting, just like very bland. bland. It's just... I would. I thought of it as like unflavored, unsalted oatmeal, like no salt, no sugar, just mm. boiled oatmeal and mashed, boiled and put mm. in a blender. 
That's how reminded I reminded me it. a little bit of the first time that I had fufu. Mm, I've never Just had kind fufu. of like, mm, like kind of sticky and 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 I haven't had it in a long time and just like this very beige it, substance. It picks up like the stew that you're eating it with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've never actually had fufu. We gotta get um, some of our friends to hook that up. So the first part of the book is called Womb. The second part is Family. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that it was called Womb because I guess in a way she is waking up in like this womb-like thing and being born again and yeah, all of the stuff that goes with that. Yeah, that and sense. it's what's I think it was interesting is just like it's every time she wakes up, it's a jarring experience. So she's very much being born. Like it's not pain-free you know we find out later it's just like all of her senses returning to herself at the same time like when she gets her hands stuck in what you know the, the carnivorous plant essentially that the the Uloi have altered to we find out um contain all the people that they've rescued <laughs> from yeah. earth um yeah so it's a very jarring experience but yeah she finally she missed a diet and he was like listen I'm, you can leave this room. I will take you out of here. But first you have to be able to tolerate looking at me, you know, and she's, he's just literally so alien that she just, she can't, she can't, he gets closer to her. She freaks out. She wants to touch him, but she doesn't know if she can really do it until finally she does. And I think that it's, uh, they do, she does a really good job of just describing the terror, but also curiosity and anger mm -hmm. that comes from realizing that you have been asleep or locked up, or just like they're, let's call it you know, a prisoner, but a, a guest on their mm, ship yeah. for 250 prisoner. years. 250 years. I had a hard time trying to visualize what the Owen Collie looked like. Me too, and I don't want to. I stopped. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, like, tend to, oh, you know who it, who it um, remember Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, yeah, the tentacle, tentacle face guy. Yeah, but like guess... all over. <laughs> See, no matter how you shake it, it doesn't. We, Tanya and I talked about uh, because uh, I think I found out in like 2017, Ava DuVernay was working on a TV adaptation of Dawn. Um, and obviously we haven't seen it yet, but I, we were talking about like, how would this look? How do you do this? Is it a live action? Is it animation? Is there a combination of it? Uh, because how do you make them so that you can watch it and not be too terrifying because I'm totally yeah. having nightmares after this. <laughs> well, Lilith gets to leave the room and she meets her new family. Yes. Well, Davy Jones. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. She meets a family, not her family yet. This, uh, these are Jediah and his wife, Tadine. His Uloi, which is like the third mate, Kagayat, and their child, Nikanj. Nikanj. Um, some of the things we learn are that the Onkali, unless they're very elderly or a child that doesn't know what to do, can't be poisoned. And it comes up again later when she disposes of her orange peels in the wrong neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And Kagayat accuses her of finding something to poison because she's very interested because the she asks about the food paste and they mm -hmm. tell her that they had to alter their food for her to be able to eat it without being poisoned. 
And so she, you know, obviously she's really surprised that they're because they're eating human food too. Cause she sees right. them eating stuff that she's familiar with. And she's like, but you can eat our food. And he was like, yeah, no problem. He's like, like, yeah, hey, we no got problem. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. Um, I think that was something we have to, oh shit, we haven't mentioned yet is that they're on a ship and the ship is alive. Yeah. They're on a living, they're on ship. a living ship. Which in itself is like, I, my mind can't wrap around. A mm-hmm. lot of these things in the story, my brain is j- just rejects and cannot make it make <laughs> sense, which is how I imagine Lilith and the others that she awakens, mm-hmm. how they feel. Like your brain is just like, nope, this isn't true. That's, how is that possible? How is it possible? What do you mean the, sh- what do you no mean the ship is alive? What do you mean the ship is providing everything we need? What do you mean the ship is, you know these walls that are coming up and down or these doors that are opening, like this is a biological chemical process that's happening. Even the food that are made from prints of what they call Mm -hmm. prints of um, food from earth that aren't exact, that aren't clones really. They just memorize the genome and Mm -hmm. recreate it. Even that my brain is like, huh? Yeah. And not just living (laughs) things, but just like everything. Everything. Everything from Earth that they they memorized, they figured it. It's like they made a cast of it. Yeah, cast, and um, they're able to reproduce them at will. Like everything from like an orange to a pen. So um, fascinating. I think uh, we should talk about also just that the fact that there are different groups. Uh, Lilith is with a group called the Dinso, and they are they're uh, they are all the Onkali who are going to go back to Earth and help repopulate and genetically modify their offspring going forward so that they can live on uh, the planet. There's a Toat, which are the ones who are gonna stay on the ship. And there's a, a Akjai who are going, who are growing a new ship and will be leaving to explore other parts of the galaxy. And so, yeah, Lilith got put in with the people who are gonna repopulate the earth. Ooh, fun fact I learned about the name Lilith because I didn't know um, that Lilith, because the, I was listening to this podcast, we were talking about like name origins and Lilith apparently is a name for, because there's a discrepancy in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and Lilith is the name of Adam's first wife, mm-hmm. not Eve. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's also the mother of the succubi, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> we yeah, we only have an hour. That. We can't get into all of that, but. See my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting origin thing. But yeah, so Lilith gets she gets to kind of live in with their fam with well, this initial family, which Adaya's family and Kagaya's um let's call him his crew. And she learns that soon she will be paired with Nikanj, who is their child. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be the one who kind of like they're given to each other and they they have to learn and teach uh teach each other about each of ways. Like at first he doesn't really speak English. So she teaches him how to speak English and he teaches her how to speak the Onkali language. um, Although she's not really having much success with it because they they won't won't let her her write write. anything down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting. So they don't want to let humans read or write because I guess that, you know, gives them power when you think, because it immediately made me think of like slaves not being allowed to Mm-hmm. Read or write enslaved people. Well, I think also that they write. just don't want anything. It's like people, I think they recognize the human tendency to accept anything in writing as fact, mm-hmm. right? Or in canon to be like, okay, if you, this is written down, then this is the way it should be when they're trying to give them um, a fresh start on earth. Um, 
Although they do eventually let her read because she's bored <laughs> and waiting well, for months. They also feel bad because we have Paul Titus. Paul Titus was picked up at 14. Yeah, he's picked up at 14 and he's been living with them. Now he's a grown man. Mm-hmm. And he's been living without seeing another human, and they introduce them to each other in the hopes that they'll, in the hopes that they'll be friends. But also, Paul has been told that he's never had he's gonna sex get his before. dick wet. Yeah, he's never had sex before, and they basically prepared him by telling him that he can do it with her. And so, you know, he immediately jumps into action. And when she rejects, when she rejects him, he tries to rape her, and he beats her really yeah. badly. Yeah, you know, he almost kills her, and that part of it was also really insane. You know, yeah, because she goes there thinking that she's like she hasn't met another, she hasn't seen another human. She's heard of the what this one called uh, Fukumoto. She saw Sherrod like asleep in the plant, but Paul Titus is the first living, breathing human that she's actually met on the ship, and. It does not go how she expected it to be. But also, it's, I mean, I think looking at it, it's like you would almost, I guess I, I guess I wasn't really surprised that that's how it went, considering that he'd been deprived of human contact and he'd been awake for like how long? I think he, around her, I think he had said he was older than her by this point. So, yeah, because he'd have been awake years, much longer. Yeah. Like around 15 years or so. Um, 15 years no human contact you know and i have never because he was so young had never experienced adult relationship adult relations at all and then growing up not having contact with humans he doesn't get any of like the social skills which and that, I, that also i thought was really cruel and i get that the oankali aren't trying to be cruel but they are cruel Mm-hmm. It's like they don't realize how important that social contact is and mm-hmm. how how many things you learn by being able to be around other people. Um, I think it's really like they keep insisting that they're, you know, he's with his family, he's with his family, not understanding that family means like they're, the way that their family structure and, and the way that it works is not necessarily very different from how a human would identify with their family, but it's not the same. You need to, you know, we see this all the time. You need representation. You need to be able to see yourself. They can't, and Owen and, and Ulay can't teach Paul Titus how to be a man and like the 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 the, the rules of social contact and uh, the res- the respect and restraint that comes with you know interactions between a male and a female. Putting them together like that. In the hopes that they'd re- that they'd not even reproduce, share sex, mm. as they said. Again, is so fucked up on their end because they're treating these humans. I get that the humans blew <laughs> up their I'm own sorry. world. Hmm? Uh, Jake, <laughs> both of those I'll comments. Highlight yeah. his... <laughs> I'll highlight Jake's comment. Oops, that was the wrong one. I never knew how much people annoyed me until I spent time with them. <laughs> and also this, they sound like how humans act with what we think of as lesser beings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They know mm-hmm. that the, they know that the humans are intelligent and intelligent enough to have war and destroy their own world, but they think yeah. of them as pets, almost like pets or like children, but 
more yeah. like pets because you don't put your child in a room with somebody else in the hopes that maybe they'll have sex yeah and just you know and and she likens it to that off several times she's like well you know this is how we treat our animals this mm -hmm. is how we you know we treat animals that we're breeding together we, we stick them we confine them in an area and we hope that you know they take an interest in each other and then reproduce so we can you know use them for work or eat them right and nakanj apparently told them that he didn't think that that was going to work out mm -hmm. and they didn't listen to him because he's a child uloi i think but what's he, really interesting yeah go ahead sorry no i was going to say he was just that he was right that it i think it, work out. it was also really interesting to hear paul titus because he has been awake longer he knows what the end game is for them mm -hmm. right what uh, paul titus is he's a human who has agreed to stay on the ship. He doesn't want to go back to earth. He doesn't want to go back to the, what he calls the stone age and have to make tools and, and toil in order to, uh, to survive. And Lilith is like, I just want to be free. I want an opportunity to go out and live any kind of existence. That's not where I'm not a captive. And he was like, yeah, but you're being kind of naive because that's not really what's going to happen. You know, you're not just going to go and be, uh, be able to like reproduce we find right. out very soon that like they can't reproduce on their own. They need an Uloi to be able to do that because they've essentially um, made their sexual reproduction between two people dormant. Right. And we, you know, they're all on birth control. They're, they're all on birth, birth control, control, and eventually they're repulsed by each other. Repulsed touch, by each other, mm -hmm. which is another thing that is so fucked up. I mean, so much of this story is about lack of consent. Mm. Mm hmm. It's terrible. It's like it's when, when Lilith goes and she gets basically she's got the task. She's uh, she, well, we'll skip. We'll go back to his metamorphosis, but she has the task of choosing forty humans to awaken, and these are going to be the forty people who are going to be trained just uh, to go back to Earth. And what ends up happening is that she's very selective with who she chooses first. She chooses a woman because she doesn't want there to be sexual attention, attention, and then she keeps choosing. She chooses women, and she's like really. Uh, uh, methodical about the type of men that she chooses to awaken. But eventually what's going to happen, what happens is that they start pairing off with each other. And so mm -hmm. they're pairing off with each other and they're having sex. And then the Uloi come in and like, you know, work their Uloi magic. And suddenly people who had been living, like, you know, sleeping together, cannot stand this, this like the smell and the touch of each other. That's because now, now they need an Uloi in order to mate. And what the Uloi do, do you remember, um, Oh, what's that movie with Wesley Snipes and uh, Sylvester Stallone where they're like in the future. He's like, he's been asleep. They've both been asleep and they wake him up because other dude wakes up and is committing crimes and like Demolition in the future. Demolition Man. Yes. I never saw it. It was rated R. Oh. <laughs> well, there's a scene in Demolition Man where another cop asks Sylvester Stallone's character if he wants to go home with her and have sex and he's like well yeah because he's beautiful Sandra Bullock and mm -hmm. he, he's thinking like he gets ready he's checking his breath and getting on getting slightly undressed to kind of like get into it and she comes back with these helmet things and they and he's you know he's like what the fuck is this and then he, he put they both put the helmets on and suddenly he gets visions and feelings of having sex with her mm. without ever touching her. Did they and steal that from this? I don't know. But that's basically that what the Uloi do. 
the, maybe, I don't know. But that's essentially what the Uloi do is by working with like their nerves and their sensory mm -hmm. things. Yeah, they're able to tap into their brains and like and stimulate their pleasure centers and right. get, like give them all the feeling, all the feelings and sensations of having sex, but without them touching, touching each other. And with <laughs> I'm laughing because of the part where Joseph is like, is this addictive? Is this a drug? You know, because if you bottle this up and sold it, like everybody would want this. I mean, at one point, what does Nikon say? I've never heard you scream. Mm. Like she just had the best sex of her life without touching anyone. But yeah. even that, again, you get back to the idea of consent because she doesn't know that this means she's going to be repulsed by Joe's touch. No. And she didn't want that. And that's yeah. another thing that the Ulai don't understand is that humans thrive on touch. They need it. We need to be touched and hugged and you know what I mean? Like just feel the presence of each other. <sighs> and they take that away from them. I get like the birth control, but even that, there's no consent again. So they can't have children without an uloi. Mm -hmm. Although yeah. they, they do say it, the touch part wears off over time, but once you know, once they're away from the oankali, but they still can't have children without an uloi. And mm -hmm. humans aren't used to three person for the most part aren't used to three-person relationships. There are some, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but they don't require the third to make a baby if they want to make a right. baby. And so the choice of one being repulsed by their mates and then also not being able to decide when you want to have a child, the Oankali have once again taken away their consent yeah. and, and have then they've done it as like benefactors of some sort. When in yeah. reality, it's like they're just animals. They're mm -hmm. treated like animals. And thus arises the conflicts of the subsequent books, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, they find out that they can't have children. And you can imagine <laughs> how troubling that is. But I guess yeah. should, let's let's back up and we'll talk okay. about, um, about Nikanj. Okay. So, yeah. So Nikanj, uh, when she he's still a child when when Lilith meets him and he grows up and she finds out soon that he's going to go through a metamorphosis because he doesn't have what they call sensory arms. Of course, they'll have like four arms instead of two. And uh, he tells her that she's going to need to help him do that because and she's going to be one of the only ones. So when when they go through their metamorphosis, it's got to be uh, they have to be with their same sex parent, which in this case would be Kagaya, who's also uh, he was also an Uloi, but Lilith will also be there because she won't be arousing to him. Because <laughs> basically, he's going to go through a stage of raging hormones, and his mates will just be tormented. Puberty won't be able to do anything. Exactly, <laughs> it's like puberty <laughs> on steroids. And you feel so bad for him because you know basically what happens is he passes out for a bunch of months and is just barely registering. But it's interesting also be that that. Uh, Kagaya is, is always is telling Lilith that just because he's asleep doesn't mean that he won't remember this, right? Mm. Like he's still sensing the way that he could. It's being recorded and he'll be able to access these memories later, um, which before he goes to sleep is a gift, a gift, a, a, a skill, I guess, that they, they give that he gives to Lilith. 
they That's managed so to make puberty worse. That is yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. It's like puberty, but like you can smell each other's pheromones even more than I assume we on a lower level probably do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like you're already just like this horny monster when you're going through puberty and you're not understanding your body and all those things and mm-hmm. to to make it so that you literally can't even be around other sex. <laughs> God. <laughs> Can you imagine what that would have been like in like seventh grade or like sixth no. grade? No. Or like you and literally can't, have... can't even be in a room with boys because it'll oh. drive you insane. No. And it's like, a, it's like it makes me think that it's a good thing that doesn't happen in humans because it would be very yeah. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There'd probably be a ton of rapes. Yeah, it's like when you like when cats go into heat or dogs go into heat, and like the dog, they dog, they can be smelled by members of the opposite sex for miles, and uh, you have to keep your animals inside during that time because they will get raped. And it's basically you get a bunch of paltitises. Mm-hmm. Oh man, man, oh man, man, oh man. But what I what I thought that was really sweet. Is that, or I guess, yeah, sweet is that Kagaya, like Lilith and him, and Lilith and it, the Uloi, they're both, they clash from the second that they meet. She can't stand him. He can't stand her. And I think it, it reveals itself to be that he's being very overprotective of his child because he understands that she's the one who's going to have to guide him through the, through the metamorphosis. And once he sees that she's willing to take care of him and protect him, he starts to, uh, it starts to open up. And then, you know, uh, and then and share more information about their culture, about um, their physiology, about their uh, their history, and then he real he says something to her. Uh, it's I guess misgendering. It says something to her about the fact that it thought that the first person to parent this group of people who are going to go back to Earth should be a man, but it realizes now that it was wrong. It was wrong, and that uh, that she will be the perfect person for this. What's funny about you misgendering the Uloi? So the Uloi are the third sex, is male, female Uloi. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things Paul Titus said was that even though the Uloi are its own gender, Uloi, mm-hmm. he can't help but thinking of them as male. And yeah. what's funny is reading it, I also kept thinking of Nikanj and Kagayat as male. Like I kept forgetting that they're not male or female, but like something about them was coming off male, which is interesting because Mm -hmm. we know now that there are people who are gender fluid or Mm -hmm. non-gender. And, you know, we, well, we, not we as in the collective, like we have accepted that that's a thing. Like there are people who are neither gender yet reading it like Paul Titus. I kept thinking of Kagayat as like an old man. Mm. I'm trying to think if I went one way or the other reading. Um, I think it was giving me more bossy woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Um, Yeah. And one of the things because of this, the men that, are uh, mating with the help of an of a uloi, they feel like it's kind of gay, mm-hmm. because they they also think of the uloi as men, 
instead of yeah. thinking of them like they don't think this is like a threesome with yeah. like two with two hot chicks. Like it's they think that they're being assaulted by a man. Assaulted and manipulated and emasculated. Emasculated, yes. Because they're not able to penetrate and somehow that takes away their And in their, a way the Uloi yeah. penetrates them with its mm -hmm. tentacles and the stingers. I mean it's like in their neck, but yeah. Still. And I mean, we're socialized that way. That, you know, somebody putting something in a man that's got to be gay. You yeah. Know, even if it's done by a woman, it's somehow still gay. Which, yeah. You know, that's its whole. <sighs> that's a whole thing, yeah. We won't touch it, but we acknowledge that it exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. thing. It's a thing. Uh, yeah, so we can skip ahead again to the the selection process. Yes, go ahead. Uh, so Lilith, they, they uh, Octavia Butler kind of skips. You know, she kind of like does a time jump. They uh, basically uh, Nikanj goes to its metamorphosis, become becomes an Uloi, and after that time, Lilith is given superior strength. She's taught. She's sent to the training floor where she's taught how to live on. A model of earth they teach her all the skills that she's going to need they and, give her an eidetic memory too mm -hmm. so she learns basically she sees it one time and she knows how to do it mm -hmm. um this is one of the things that that uh, nikanj helped her with before he went into his metamorphosis because she wait she wait, she realizes one uh, day after speaking to him that she can understand everything that he's saying and remembers everything she's able to like just instantly recall um everything so they they spend a year training her and after that they give her 80 dossiers who with men and women and say you have to choose 40 of them before you're allowed to leave this room <laughs> these are the 40 people you're going to be training with to go back to earth um and it's a disaster it's an of. absolute disaster you know, she chooses people, she chooses women first in the hopes that they'll be less violent. But the second woman immediately attacks her, which, you know, Lilith dispatches her with no problem because she has increased mm -hmm. strength. And she's also just always been a naturally taller, taller, and bigger, bigger and woman. works out regularly. Right. And works out. Um, then she starts awakening some of the men. We get Joseph, who becomes her lover. And we mm -hmm. also get Kurt. Kurt, I think, was the former cop, right? Ex-cop. Yep. Yeah, Kurt is an ex-cop. Um, she believes that he and another woman, Celine, who is a woman who just comes off as needing protection, she believes that Kurt and her mm -hmm. will bond, and they do immediately. It gives someone for him to protect, for Kurt to protect, and mm -hmm. Celine gets to have someone to lean on, mm -hmm. you know, which is you know in her nature. But it ends up being a disaster because one, they think. Lilith, some of them think Lilith is secretly a man. Yes, because, because she's of so, her height she's big and, and she's strong. so strong and she can fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They also think she might be an Oankali because yeah. she can heal faster. She can, she open, can open the doors, doors. raise um, walls. She can raise walls and she can speak. She has Oankali. all these superpowers. Exactly. So, and she warned them about this. She was, she told them, she's like, they're going to think that I'm not one of them. And that's mm -hmm. going to be a problem for me. She said that she knew the like, Judas goat. will be fine. Exactly. Which was a phrase I'd never heard before or mm. this, this book. You got to pay attention to vacation Bible school, Nikki. 
You didn't have to go to that. <laughs> Just kidding. I did. <laughs> I went every summer. <laughs> um, what was I about to say? I think something. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they, they begin plotting against her, except for Joseph, who starts to believe her. They don't believe that it's a real ship. And they start they believe, plotting yeah. against her. They think that like they're just at some facility. They don't believe that they've captors. left Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, you know, reasonable. It's reasonable, but no matter what she says, they just refuse to believe her because she thinks they think she's one of them. And so mm -hmm. we get with all these people awake, we get like the ugliness of humanity. We get an attempted oh, rape. God. Because Lord the men begin to yeah, the men begin to feel like they're owed a woman. And so one of them wakes up and they try to drag a woman to the room to rape her because they're like, it's her duty to yeah. pleasure them. Everybody and pairs off. That's what Kurt's like. Everybody pairs off. And and then who's it? Jean, one of the troublemaker, that fucking bitch. Just like, you know, why are you saving yourself? You're going to pair off with somebody anyway. Like, oh, no, no, right. no, no, no. Right. Lilith quickly disabuses themselves of the notion that they're going to be able to do whatever the by they want beating their watch. asses. Yeah, by beating which, their asses, which makes them again think she's either Owen Collie or a secret man. Um, which is so weird to just yeah. not accept that a woman can do that kind of damage. It's not like she's a it, tiny petite woman. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that she, as she's going through their files and reading about them, like we get to know a little bit of, about what they were like being interrogated right like some yeah. of them tried to try to fight them right away some of them um who i forgot was it gabe they said got, who got really who was really good at lying to them in all kinds of creative ways and just like kind of feeding into the story there um and then there was uh shoot i can't remember her name the one who outweighed <laughs> outpatienced oh the old collie. which one was that but she's basically almost starved to death she was like i refuse she went on a hunger strike she refused was to answer Beatrice? questions she was like I think so. Let me look. I can't remember either. But yeah, she almost starved herself because she has the patience of an Owen Kali. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, that was really funny. We also get, uh, what was his name? Derek. Now Derek goes, they hold Lilith down while Derek goes into the pantry because he feels <laughs> like he feels like someone's got to be refilling it from the other side, not realizing mm -hmm. that the ship synthesizes their food on its own. And so when it's open again, they hold her back so that he can climb into it. And then we just never see Derek again. He just disappears. It closes and they never bring, they never bring him back. And Lilith is hoping that they'll bring him back to prove that he didn't die or anything, but they don't. And she has to open it to show them that he's not in there because they think maybe he's been asphyxiated or mm -hmm. just murdered. And for a while, we don't know what the Ulai did with him. Maybe they did murder him. But we do find out that they just put him back to sleep. Yeah. Um, he but wasn't ready. Instead of, instead of it showing them that these are aliens and that you, they need to just chill the fuck out, they just think, again, Lilith is up to something and that she must have made this happen. And you It know, gets so ugly. It gets really ugly. And it's just... And you can see... You, like, you, you can see... Um, why the Onkali are like, listen, you guys are super interested and we're, we're fascinated with you and we can't resist you. And we want, we want to like, you know, mix our genes with you and make something new, all the stuff. Right. But they're like, you're intelligent, but you're hierarchical. And this is a problem. And you see it immediately as soon as they, she starts like introducing new people and she's doing her best to like, you know, to pace it. She read, uh, 
introduces a couple of women. She, I guess, awakens a couple of women. Then she awakens a couple of men. And then she waits a few days for them to get used to the idea. And she's very patient in answering all their questions. But like the more people that come, the bigger the problems are. And you, they, it really, they really quickly start to split off into factions. Ugh. And you guys well, start eventually- to get really afraid for her. Eventually, so the whole point was for her to get them used to, oh, not the whole point, but one of the things they wanted from Lilith was for her to get them prepared to see an Owen Kali. But of course, they, they continue to be crazy. And yeah. Nikon shows up and meets Joseph, who like basically passes out. And Nikon drugs him. <laughs> Nikon drugs him so that he doesn't have to feel like he fainted in front of Lilith um, right. and, and, you know, be embarrassed. And then eventually all of the Uloi come. Um, but they drug their food. They drug them <laughs> so that they'll just they <laughs> they give them weed so that everybody can yeah. be chill and just relax. And it's more like a roofie. <laughs> while they yeah, well they're awake though. Yeah, they're awake. <sighs> you know, and and then they're open to the onkali and they're all happy until it wears off. And then especially uh, was it Peter? Ugh, I'm mixing up their names now. I think it was Peter who becomes enraged mm-hmm. and tries to kill oh. his Uloi. Was it Peter? Right. He tries so. to kill his Uloi who, as a reaction, stings him to death. Yeah. So they can kill them. They won't because they are anti-violence. Mm-hmm. They're not. They didn't, they didn't want to kill them. They didn't want to kill them at all. His, but when he attacked his Uloi, it was just like an instinct to sting him and it kills him immediately. He said his body tenses up so much that you can hear his bones breaking. Yeah, which is a very shitty way to go. Forgot what that was. Basically, they gave him extreme tetanus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God! Oh, here's a question from AK: Of all the beings in the universe, why humans? Because humans are intelligent enough, and they have a talent, in quotes, for cancer, for cancer. that they haven't seen before. Which would basically allow them to manipulate, and uh, they said he said uh, I think Nik- not Mikanj, Jediah says that basically their talent for cancer once they own Kali have it, that it allow them to regen like to regenerate, regenerate and to also shape themselves in different ways that would make them more human or more like other other species. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is you know basically the power of transformation, which you know it's a very interesting way of looking at cancer. Yeah, I definitely don't look at cancer that way. <laughs> yeah. So, welcome to the jungle, right? Everybody, <laughs> welcome to the jungle. <laughs> we do not own the rights to that music. <laughs> um, they get. <laughs> they get to. What they think is essentially the Amazon. Um, yeah. And once again, the humans absolutely do not be, believe Lilith that this could possibly still be the ship because they mm-hmm. see a moon, they see stars, there's a river, there are, they're in a jungle, you know, there's, there's fruits growing and animals in the and water. Things, yeah. Um, so they just refuse to believe that the space can be a ship still they think Mm -hmm. that they're back on earth and they want to escape now the human needs to escape i can absolutely understand because up to this point i don't see why anyone should trust 
Theo and Kali. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take it out on Lilith because she's a captor too. Captive. She is a captive as well. But she's a captive with the superpowers and they're not going to believe her. Yeah, they're not going to believe like, her. I, can I ask you a question? Would you, what, in, in this position, would you have believed Lilith? I want, I don't know the answer to that for myself and I'm still mulling over it. I think after seeing the Uloi, I would believe her. Before mm-hmm. seeing the Uloi, I might think that this was some kind of cruel trick by whoever, you know, the Russians or something, you know, whoever whoever right. won this war and and put us in captivity. Um, but after seeing the Uloi, I I just feel like I would have believed her at that point. I would, would have you believed believe anything you're she said on the ship when you were in the training ground. Yes. After yeah. just after seeing the Uloi, for me, I think that I would believe anything she told me at that point. She could tell me that I was going to grow two more legs, and I'd be like, "That sounds plausible." When is that happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's like seeing them based off how people's reactions are to them. It's it's horrifying, and it's it. You are forced to see them as aliens. Like you have mm-hmm. no choice anymore. Like th- those are yeah. aliens because they're as alien as they could be. And knowing, seeing yeah, that, ugly. yeah, they're <laughs> ugly. They're these talking tentacled humanoid beings that keep drugging you and giving yeah. you the best sex of your life <laughs> <laughs> without you wanting it. And I think that I, after that, I would just I would just literally believe anything Lilith told me, because that would blow my mind. Before yeah. that, maybe I would think she was an agent and and trying to trick me, and maybe I would try to escape with the others. But after seeing that, I just would I would believe I'd believe it. Even being in the jungle, I'd be like, well, this is just some other alien shit that I don't understand. Oh no! Sorry, I was just there. Um... I just want to mention real quick that this is the second time I've listened to slash read the book. And there is just so much foreshadowing from the, like it's, it's one of those books that is just so much richer on the second read Mm. because I'm just picking up stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, especially we'll get to that. I don't know if you want to spoil the ending. I think we should, because I mean, if you're watching this, we're going to, yeah. Well, so because AK said she hasn't finished reading, but she's listening to the book. Okay, well, we're going to spoil it. We're going to spoil it. So we're going to let you know that we're going to spoil it. Did spoil Without the content, a doubt. Tanya? Do your spoiler content. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoiler time. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Welcome to the jungle. Everyone sneaks away. They want to build a, a raft or a boat or something and get to, to find the boundaries the of this place. You know, Nakanja's just like, they're just going to hit the wall. And they don't believe that because this training room is unnaturally huge. It reminds me of the space in, uh, to, uh, not To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Mockingjay, what is that? Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Oh, right. Yeah. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The it's dome. So hu- yeah, the dome. It's so huge that you can't fathom that there's an end to it. But in mm-hmm. this case, there there simply is. And as much as Lilith tells them, there is no escape. They don't believe her. And it gets so bad that they they capture Lilith unawares, beat her mm-hmm. ass. She wakes up and everyone is gone. Um, eventually you find out that they've murdered Joseph. 
the reason Kurt has murdered Joseph. Kurt murdered Joseph. And it ends up coming back to the point uh, where uh, where Nikonj first comes into the room and Lilith is like, we need to protect him. Can you make him like me? Can you exempt him from all these things? And he was like, no, but you know what? I can help him heal faster. And that ends up being his downfall. That ends up being Joseph's downfall because Kurt, after they beat his ass, they see him healing too fast. And so they no longer believe he's human either. And it doesn't mm -hmm. help that he was paired up with Lilith, who they don't believe is human. And mm -hmm. so Kurt chops him with chops him up with an axe while everybody watches. Um that part, the first time I read it, I was devastated. Me too. I couldn't believe it. He just seemed like such a good guy. I'm like, of course we'll keep him. But I learned nothing from George R. R. Martin. Really. <laughs> I was just about to say they George. I learned him. nothing. Yeah, they Georged him. So he's he's killed. And it's so brutally, just like can you so imagine brutally. just like just to keep healing it reminds me of like some of the scenes from x-men where wolverine is like exposing himself to something and he just like his body keeps tearing apart from the adamantium skeleton and then he keeps regenerating Ugh. have you ever seen the old guard the movie mm -hmm. what's that about it's about these immortal warriors um who essentially try to save people without giving away that they're immortal mm. um and they every time they save someone, they essentially change the course of history because people go on to do like people that who would have been killed go on to do really great things. Um, but mm. there's there's a character who this it's not really spoiler as far as like the plot, but there's a character who they think uh, people think is a witch because they've been around for ages. So mm -hmm. it's a part where they think that she's a witch, and so they put her in an iron cage and drown her. And so for 500 years, she wakes up, drowns to death, wakes up again, drowns to death, and just does this over and over and over for 500 years. Oh, I was like, that reminds me of the Gilded Ones. Yes, the Gilded Ones. Yeah. Yes. The Gilded Go Ones. Go back and yeah. find the Gilded Ones. We've covered that. And the Gilded yeah. Ones, the Alaki get murdered over and over and over. Yeah. Um, to bleed and I them forgot for what gold. her name is. Mm-hmm. To bleed but them they put her in a lake and she's terrified of the um water. not katya uh what's her name i don't remember i can't remember her name she's in the second book though um yeah they put her in a lake and they drown her thinking that'll be her final death and it's not but she just keeps drowning if you haven't read it go read it and then check out our stream about it because we covered it it's really good yep um, so yeah, Joseph's dead. Kurt is put back to sleep permanently. That and that motherfucker, they should have killed his ass, but whatever. I am opposed to the death penalty, but maybe street justice should have got him. Put him in a room with <laughs> Lilith. <laughs> Let her work out the punishment. <laughs> um, and Lilith, Nikanj gets like, very badly injured. Yeah. This is the part where you see the Ule are come, they're like come to fight. Oh wait, I'm gonna post a comment really quickly. Mm -hmm. Any species from any planet with as many apex predators as Earth would have a propensity for violence. Yeah. I mean, the ability to perceive threat and react is 
what keeps you alive. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you guys are like the only humans. Like, be nice to each other. <sighs> You'd think. And the part of it is that they can't kill the Uloi, so they take it out on each other instead. They take it out on Lilith because mm -hmm. they know they can kill her. So they attack some of the Ule. One of them gets like an axe to the chest, but heals and is like, I'm, I'll heal. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, a few of them get murdered by the Oankali because this is the first time they've had to really kill anyone because they, mm -hmm. they didn't want to kill anyone. Um, and it's having a, acting as a reflex. Now it's self-defense and they can't help it. And it's, I mean, at this point, there's like a full-on battle. There's a full-on battle going on. And Nikanj gets cut so badly that he almost loses his sensory arm. He asks Lilith to help him heal. She has to get naked and he puts his tentacles into different parts of her body, like through her skin. Mm -hmm. And she basically just lays down with him until he heals. And I think it's whatever her genetic makeup, maybe it's her talent for the cancer. Cancer, yeah. That helps him regenerate in a way that he wouldn't have been able to. Mm -hmm. This, of course, makes the people continue to see Lilith as like just this monster. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they if they they weren't sure about her before, they absolutely now are convinced that she is the enemy. Yeah. Or and she's not an enemy, a traitor to her species. Like, right. how was she choosing them over over? Right, him? because she murdered her lover. <gasps> on the battle, in the battle, she is on the Uloi side, and they see this. Yeah. She's not doing anything, but she's standing with the Uloi against other humans. And the Uloi really set her up. I mean, <laughs> they really, other than curing her cancer, they have really done her no favors. No, they haven't. So it's the rest terrible. of the... It's really, I was huh? going to say, it's just really terrible because as intelligent as they think they are and as much, and all the things that they've studied in their 200 years, and who knows if they were watching humans long, long before that, because we don't know. Um, if that's the case, right. but in all this time, they just haven't really nailed the nuances of human interaction and socialization and no, understood that all. by singling somebody out, you are, you are establishing a hierarchy, right? Right. Like, how are you, you're complaining about the fact that these creatures are hierarchical, but by saying this is the one that you need to listen to, you've done it yourself. Uh, this is from Jake. I'm not suggesting their behavior is reasonable. This is talking about the humans killing uh, other people. I was responding to AK calling humans violent. We are, but there's reasons. Yeah, definitely. It's just some people are uh, horrible. Um, so the other people get sent to Earth where they probably feel they're free. Eventually the repulsion wears off and they can start coupling up again, but they can't have children on their own without an Ule. Nope. Um, which is, you know, Adulthood Rights is the next book, right? adulthood rights yeah so yeah. read that we'll get more in, they'll get more into that in yeah we haven't rights. decided if we're going to cover the next two books but we probably will just space it out yeah um so at the end really good too we find out that lilith is pregnant they saved some of joe's genes and used it to impregnate lilith so that they could at least have a baby together and the problem yeah. is Lilith didn't consent to being impregnated. The other problem is this child will not be fully human. It's going to be a human Oankali 
hybrid mm -hmm. because the Oankali's plan, even yeah. though they don't consider it wiping out humanity, it is. There will be no more actual humans once Lilith and that generation dies off. They'll all be these Oankali blends who you don't know what to expect. What is that even? What is it going to look like? What is that even going to mean? Mm -hmm. um, and Lilith is going to be the first mother of this with its siblings. It will be siblings with Nakanja's uh, children with his mates. It's mates. Mm -hmm. See, I did it again. It's mates. called Nakanja yeah. him. It's mates, yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Who are you going to say? Yeah, I think it's what, what's... I. What, so the Oankali, just like any other species, wants to survive, right? Mm -hmm. It wants to survive. They want to keep changing. They want to keep adapting. And what we find out in the later books is that they're going to populate the earth, but then they're going to leave it because they're basically sucking up all the resources that are left mm -hmm. to go on and move on to be this completely, you know, utterly alien species. There are no humans left. And you, the people who grasp this, you know, the, the factions who are anti-Lilith, they understand this on a very real level. Mm -hmm. Um and they don't want to be destroyed. Like for them, they'd rather die out than survive as an alien hybrid species. Yeah, and I I I understand yeah, that. Yeah. Like I understand um, because now we're talking not just consent, but also eugenics. You know, they're pulling out all of the traits that they find flawed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to alter your genes so that you won't get cancer, right? Yeah. It's another thing to just be altering everything that makes you human. Because who knows what else they'll alter? Mm -hmm. Are they going to take In order away... for the, the captive, the captor, the kidnapping species to survive. And that's really what it's about. They talk about that. It's all about where their, their name, Owen Kali, means trade. It means exchange. But it really means trade and exchange in order to give them the ability to adapt and live on um, beyond what would have, would be normal for them. And by the time they meet humans, it's just that they haven't met anybody, another species, that they can successfully do that with to the degree that they can with humans. Right. But again, the humans are left. Their options, oh, see, freedom or death. Some people take that very seriously. That's a comment from Jake. Um, yeah, I was going to say, too. Oh, Lilith, mother of monsters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go read your Bibles, guys. There's a lot of cool mm -hmm. stories in there. <laughs> 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 Somebody should like, never mind. Whatever. We'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> should we do it on a 30 Tuesdays? <laughs> the, the Bible? <laughs> I actually would love to do a Bible stories Thirty Tuesdays, I think, because there really are some great stories in there. Yeah, you know, we focus so much on like this is a sin instead of like, wow, this story is kind of badass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah, so we have eugenics, and that's obviously a slippery slope. Like, okay, we want to get rid of cancer, but then what else are they going to find unsavory in humans? Mm -hmm. That changes people you know it, it yeah it's it's 
a very slippery slope though and yeah because they're basically eliminating some of their most the most basic needs but i think that we found what we find out like you know the need for human connection and the need to be touched in these things but we find out some of how do you pronounce the last book imago 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 i I don't know imago Um, i was gonna ask that one is my favorite (laughs) that one is my favorite and you find out that like no matter what the humanity is going to kind of like come to the forefront um they can't really breed it out successfully uh yeah the quest the quest to explore and to try new things and uh yeah yeah all the books are so good aka absolutely move it up your list I was telling Tanya that I have it. Um, I have the trilogy. She actually, Tanya gave me the trilogy for like, as a random gift because she's my book bay. And um, I don't I, even remember doing that, but hey, yeah, you glad just I did one day. And I was just like, Ooh. I probably read it and was like, oh my god, Nikki needs this, which is usually how I end up send randomly sending you books. <laughs> right? And I the the way that it's set up in Kindle is that I got to the end of the first book and I didn't realize that I that oh like Joseph was dead and they were going back. To, and I was just like, ah. And then suddenly it was a different all these different names and i was like oh right new book and then i just you know i use that and went through all three they're such a good read and read the last line because i also because i have the book as just like one piece trilogy as well Mm -hmm. instead of the individual books the last line which i will get (laughs) i will get those eventually i just don't have any room on my bookshelf I know. I I do want to get hard copies of it too, and I also don't have room on my bookshelf. I would show you what it looks like over there, but the internet doesn't need to see how disastrous (laughs) my bookshelf is. (laughs) Um, The very last line is she let Nikanj lead her into the dark forest and to one of the concealed dry exits. And that's it. It just stops there. She finds out she's pregnant and then you get that line. Yeah. Sorry, I have to keep an eye on my cat. She did some wild shit this morning. <laughs> I haven't yet forgiven her for it. Here's a comment. It doesn't ultimately sound like they want yeah. to save humanity. It sounds like they want to save themselves. Yeah, yes. I mean, self-preservation is. is one of our biggest traits. And strongest drive. I, I feel them. I feel them. I would not want to have alien babies. Certainly not just finding out I'm pregnant because you told me you put a baby in me. Yeah, and then like, you have to go through the gestation period of just not knowing what your baby is going to look gonna like. Be. Is it and it's like not even like what it's going to be. Right, and then how is it going to be accepted or not accepted or rejected by everybody else? Including you know? yourself, if we're being honest. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the repulsion she felt at seeing... Jediya for the first time mm-hmm. what's going to happen if she gives birth to a tentacled baby we do get into that stuff in the next book but yeah the next before couple. then yeah before then she doesn't know what she's going to have she didn't ask for this they just did it to her yeah this is largely about eugenics and consent and I think we're supposed to I don't think we're supposed to hate the Oankali at all um but I found myself really disgusted by them. Yeah, it's just like, you know, maybe a story about how self-preservation at all costs is le- leads to, the destru- to ultimately to destruction because 
they're destroying like the humans destroy it's like the humans destroyed themselves and they came in they took advantage of a species that was dying out in order to further their own lines i think when i first read it i felt like oh my god you stupid humans just listen to what they're saying they're gonna save you mm -hmm. and they're, they've saved you from the earth you destroyed they've you know brought it back to life and they're gonna send you there and then i as I had time to really think about it, because you know you mm -hmm. get caught up in the excitement of reading the story. Yeah, yeah. As I started reading about it, I was like, "This is kind of fucked up." Yeah, that's how I felt. Like that's what I'm saying. Like on the second read, it's just like it's much more menacing, and you're like, "Oh wait, you told me like from the very beginning, you're saying that you're basically your goal is to wipe us out, and now you found this beautiful cancer thing that's going to help you breed with us." and make you more like us and be able to transform in all these ways to make us more, make us more acceptable to each other. Mm -hmm. And like, oh man, only to have to leave the planet anyway. Yeah. Damn, this is fucked up. <sighs> yeah. What a great read though. <laughs> <laughs> just letting it sink in. Just like, wow. The levels of fuckery on this book and the stuff that doesn't sink in until you know, you actually sit with it. But yeah, absolutely a great read. read. Super compelling. Um, it's very fast, too. Yeah, it is. Very I fast. Think the like audio book is like eight hours. Yeah. And it's like, even the parts that are like troubling and disturbing, it's like you want to get through and you want to know what's next. You want to know what happens. Like you're cheering, you're cheering for Lilith and she hears, here she is just like, you know, you know, like no matter what happens, like she is going to be the enemy of the people. Mm -hmm. And I read all three back to back. Yeah, me like too. Like immediately, I just kept going. So we are over an hour, so we should we probably... start a little late. We did start a little late, but no, but we've been on over an hour. Oh, yeah, Celtics <laughs> game is coming on. Huh? Yeah, the Celtics game is coming on, so we're going to go. Um, thank you all for joining us, as usual. As usual. You can find us in the comments. You'll see our social media, not in the comments, I'm sorry, in our show notes. You'll see us, our social media links and all of that. But if you want to watch past episodes or listen to past episodes, you can go to thousandeyespodcast.com and you'll find them there. If you go to just our YouTube page, A Thousand Eyes and One Podcast, you'll see playlists with our different series 30 Tuesdays um why not an empty stomach we have some house of the dragon and wheel of time I feel like um, it's time for me to start my rewatch of that wheel of time yeah I, I want to rewatch that really soon uh we made it through an episode with no Sanderson references so sorry I to that one what do you <laughs> I, no, I was thinking when we were talking about our bookshelf. I was thinking about how I want to order all the Sanderson books. I just said I don't. I'm not going to disrespect them and put them on the floor. And everything else in my bookshelf has earned its place. Therefore, mm. I cannot have the hard copies yet. My bookshelf is a full bookshelf with two stacks of books next to it, tall mm -hmm. stacks, like taller than my kids, and stacks of books in front of it. Then there's the shelf that used to be for like DVDs and stuff on my TV stand is all books. Then I have some lined up here and I have more in my bedroom, which has, I have a bookshelf bed 
because mm-hmm. I needed a place to put more books, especially the ones I'm going to read after bed. So instead of nightstands, I have a bookshelf bed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I probably have to hold off on getting all of the Sanderson books. Yeah. We and, will be doing yeah. one for an upcoming book club though. We're going to do Trust of the Emerald Sea. Yes. For one yet. That was a fun one. Um, and, um, oh, and we have a 30 Tuesdays coming up. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, go on. watch if you haven't. Please go watch everything, everywhere, all at once. The 60? There'll be a flyer on socials later today. <laughs> I can tell you. Hold on one second. Yes, the 16th, 9 p.m. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We're going to get into that wonderful movie. And if you haven't watched it, please go watch it. Uh, AK, sorry to your bingo card. We didn't do any Stormlight references this time. But we did get to talk about a bunch of other media, so... You know, there are still some other things. But uh, yeah, check us out. Come find us. And in the meantime, enjoy your Sunday and go Celtics. Go Celtics. Bye-bye. <laughs>